This is AFCAST Music. I'm Marlene Stewart, and this is my podcast. And today I'm having such a good time because I'm getting very excited about a new friend, somebody I met at AFFest and heard his music, loved his music, felt his music, and I'm very excited. AFFest is just such a cool thing, and this year it totally blew me out of the water. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of people and musicians that came out of me visiting AFFest and going everywhere I could, talking to everybody I could, and enjoying the music wherever I could get. Today's musician that I am really happy to talk to is Spencer Thomas. He is not only a solo artist, but he is part of a band here called Future Birds, which I have heard recently on the website of Tweed Recording, which is where we are actually recording this podcast. And when I heard he was part of that as well, not to mention that I saw this great guy sing at AthFest, it makes me very happy to have him on the show. Just a little bit about Spencer. Spencer is a Jackson, Mississippi native, and he used his resources and connections that he gained through a past band that he was in to pull together the record at Dial Back Sound in Water Valley. Mississippi co-owned by Matt Patton, who was part of the Drive-By Truckers stuff, and Bronson too. After the release, June of 2019, Thomas toured extensively across the United States with songwriting comrades Justin Peter Kinkle Schuster, part of Liars and Marie Slash Lepanto, and Jimbo Mathis, who was part of the Squirrel Nut Zippers, as well as shared the stage with acts such as Andrew Bird, Band of Heathens, Carl Broman of My Morning Jacket, Jay Gonzalez from Drive-By Truckers, and more. He moved from Jackson to Athens, Georgia, and he's currently touring keys and harmony singer in The Future Birds while continuing his solo work. Since the move, he's released singles like Poetic, Synth, and Drum Machine Layered Confuse, and a home-recorded religious questioning in God Grant Me a Park in Space. The Jangle Pop Petty Style, She Doesn't Know, She Does It, was released in October 20th, 2022, and recorded and mixed by Nate Nelson at Tweed Recording right here. Following that is a full-length LP titled The Joke of Life, recorded at Chase Park Transduction with all-star help from members of My Morning Jacket, Drive-By Truckers, Future Birds, Reptar, and Hefner, with mixing help from studio owner Dave Barbie. He's thankful for the energy working with his Future Birds family and his community in Athens has breathed into his life and music as he moves forward. Welcome, Spencer Thomas. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming yeah. on this podcast. I have no idea who's going to be listening and how many people are going to be listening, but we're going to have a good time. Great. Because it's something that I have wanted to do for a very long time that I say on every podcast because I'm kind of an outsider and didn't know all these musicians that were in Athens. And boy, after AthFest, I started realizing, even, even after I've been researching the musicians, just how much we are exploding musically again in Athens, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I agree. So I have to ask you, the first thing we talk about is you came to Athens, Georgia. So what is Athens to you? What is your experience? Only, you're not somebody else's, not, mm -hmm. not your bandmates or anybody else. What is Athens to you? 
My experience with Athens started in a band that I was in in Jackson called Young Valley. I was a drummer, singer, songwriter, um, and we we were doing a lot of self-booking, traveling across the U.S. and came through Athens. Um, Rick Poss, who formerly worked at the Georgia Theater, took a chance on us and had us play on the rooftop, and um, I just fell in love with it. I, I fell in love with the hospitality of everybody who was there at the theater. I fell in love with the place. I just thought the downtown was beautiful. Um, I had a couple of friends from Mississippi who were here and already thriving musically. And it's just, there's so much comfort involved in this place uh, and a lot of artistic freedom. I feel like you can get into a pretty crowded market like Nashville and LA and think about I don't want to say that anybody who moves there and pursues music is jaded in any way, but I think that your sights can maybe get narrowed of how you should do it to appeal to a certain industry in in those bigger markets in order to compete. I agree with that 100% yeah. because yeah. I worked in Nashville for eight years Yeah, and in the music business. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly what you speak of. And it's getting harder. Yeah. But it's getting harder everywhere, don't you think? Yeah, I so agree. How does how did Athens change all that? How did how did you really start to thrive and become who you are becoming right now, which is pretty good. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, it started w- with a pretty low point because I just moved to Athens uh, in August 2020 during the middle of the pandemic. So I mean, I Yikes. I had a lot to live myself out of, um, but I was really thankful for that chapter of my life. Very very tough but it taught me a lot about myself and it taught me if you can if you can survive this moment then like when when the world is open to you again do it in every way that you can and don't you think that Athens is such a community like you said you mm-hmm. knew some people here everybody was hospitable mm-hmm. don't you think that is also what makes Athens such a really special place, too, is no matter where you go, you're going to see somebody you know. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's very rarely anymore. <laughs> now, I immerse myself in my business at first, mm-hmm. but now I'm immersing myself in the music business, and I see so many of the people that I've been talking to. Yeah. Did I ever recognize them before or know who they were? No. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. I saw you the first time. At Athfest. Mm-hmm. And, well, heard you, I should say. And I, cu- I couldn't quite catch all of your lyrics, but the music um, made me think that wasn't completely necessary. Because what happened was, because of your musicianship and your present, it grabbed me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to have words. I already could feel what you were saying just in the notes you were playing. Thank you. And that's not a that's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I did hear a lot of your lyrics, you know, but not all of them. Right. And so I I did go back and listen to a few, such as um, um, lift me up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cry. I don't want to. I guess it's I don't want to make you cry. Yeah. Is oh, that, that's a that's in hanging tough. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that was a very tender, yeah, very tender mm-hmm. uh, showing of vulnerability mm-hmm. and emotion. Yeah. And it was so good. Thank you. It was so good. And so I had to chase you around a little bit because <laughs> you're, you know, you're getting popular and stuff. But I said, I'll be damned if I'm not talking to this guy before I, I leave Athfest. So well, I'm chasing you around the fence there. <laughs> well, no, it was, it was amazing that you did, and I'm really glad that you did. It was also at the same time I was um, talking with George Fontaine Sr., who runs an independent label here now called Strolling Bones, but is one of the founders of New West Records, who uh, have an office in Nashville and I think also in Texas. I'm very familiar but, with New yeah, West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... I just left a meeting with them because I finally met him for the first time. And so, and he was like, let's get together. Let's talk about this. So kind of riding the high of playing the show with that incredible band that I have. Getting to meet George for the first time, which it was like long time coming. You know, I've, I've known his name. I know people who know him and work with him for a long time. So it was really nice to meet him finally. And then you were also on the other side of the fence and I met you and you're like, come do this podcast. And I'm like, the world is just opening up from this Athfest thing. You know, I mean, it was, I, I was riding quite a high. Well, so was I mm-hmm. kind of, because I was seeing all these bands and seeing the potential and knowing that I had the ability mm-hmm. with this podcast to um, bring all these bands to the forefront yeah. of Athens. Because let's face it, if you're not doing social media, Instagram constantly, there's no money in in really labels anymore. I mean, there's a few. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I um, distributed Robert Earl Keane for a while, mm-hmm. and he he did something on New West. Yeah. So um, after he left Koch Entertainment. Yeah. So, you know, but you you got money to do things, and the labels don't have that kind of money anymore. They got marketing skills and mm-hmm. social media and all those kind of skills and, and booking and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's still expensive to help someone tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the musicians I know are driving the same car that they've had for 10 years where a couple of the doors aren't working or, you know, I mean, or just, or, or pit clothes from thrift stores. I mean, they live the rest of their life in a cheaper manner in order to save that money to for the next studio date, for the ne- for mixing the next song, for paying somebody to take their photos or making the next album artwork. I mean, it it is a pretty constant investment. And if you don't want to work that hard, then like it's it's really just not for you. I used to tell people when they found out that I was in the music business and distributed all these different labels. They always asked me, you know, my son, my daughter, or the person who's trying to make it would always ask me, you know, can you, t- can you give me any tips of what I can do? Mm-hmm. And I'd always tell them, you have to create a story. Mm-hmm. You have to tell your story yeah. and you have to tell it through music. And then you have to figure out how to do things. You have to think outside of the box. I do hate that term a little bit, but it's true. Mm-hmm. I, I once did a um, a promotion with Charlie Daniels that mm-hmm. he was doing this Live from Iraq album. And I didn't want to just promote it at, through my retail accounts. I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I said, Charlie, sign one of your 
promotional things that are fiddles. They were like gold little fiddles. Not gold, but they were painted like a gold color. Yeah. And we're going to do an entry to win. But instead of doing somebody's name and phone number, yes, they had to put that in, but they had to write a letter to a soldier in Iraq. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And Charlie took those letters to Iraq. And then we announced the winner. Mm. So that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would find things, and, and musicians need to really think about it. So, yeah, I swear to God, I used to tell people this. Stand up and play your damn guitar in the airplane. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to tell you to shut up, or someone's going to start clapping. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody should do that, but I'm mm-hmm. talking about doing those kind of things. That's yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. That was my look. I had to do a lot of different things for wrestlers too. Yeah. And, and the, oh yeah, for the wrestlers. <laughs> you know, but honestly, I would always put a young guy out on the road with somebody who was really famous mm-hmm. so that people could get in line mm-hmm. and shake their hand and take a photo with them. And the next time they saw him in TV, yeah, bam, they were a fan. Right, right. Yeah. I call that marketing 101, get mm-hmm. in your face. Yeah. Get in your face marketing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just I used to tell artists also, go around to different towns and on your social media say, hey, friends in Nashville or hey, friends in Columbus or you know wherever. If you're out there somewhere traveling, just set up for about an hour mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm in downtown Greenville yeah, and I'm playing on the street. Come and listen to me. Let's yeah. have some fun. Yeah. It's those kind of things about telling your story, but telling them in a way that you can actually change it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So I always used to think of stupid stuff like that. Not stupid, but I mean, different things. Yeah. Silly things. Yeah. You have to, you do have to get personal in a way. And, and I think for an artist who likes to, kind of shadow themselves behind the music, behind the lyrics in the social media world. Now the the light is kind of opened up on more of yourself personally. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that you can use that window as much as you want to in the way that makes you feel the most comfortable. Because like, I don't want to watch somebody do their own video and I think it's really effective and try to do what they did. It doesn't, that doesn't feel right to me. It feels, I, I think a lot of, I like even kind of being in front of the camera or talking to the camera feels a little strange to me in this world. But I also know that that is kind of part of it now. That is just kind of part of it. You know, whether you're making a TikTok or an Instagram, I, but I, but I want it to still come off as like, this is this is the way that I am. I'm not trying to put on a front and be Instagram Spencer Thomas. I'm just trying to be Spencer navigating the social media world in order to reach more people with my music. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I talked to um, Mayor Gertz and we were talking about, you know, struggling musicians here and how many there are and how many can't quite get their feet off the ground. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they're bad. Right. It's because of the changing times. And that's what I'm saying is things have to change what you do. Mm -hmm. You have to think of different things to do. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, when I was listening to you and I was there for most of it, mm-hmm. or maybe all of it. Yes, I was, because I was I was staying put for that set on the Wicked stage. <laughs> and it was really, everybody was really good that day. But I did hear, I think I told you this, a little bit of your petty influences, mm-hmm. which I, nothing wrong with that with me. And I'm from Jersey Girl, so hey, anything I hear that even remotely sounds like Springsteen or takes a little bit of some of his, not the lyrics, of course, um, but, you know, some of his thought-provoking, internalizing lyrics. And yeah. and from what I'm reading in your bio and your an interview I took offline that you had, um, you have really take, taken some risks. You have internalized a lot of whether this was a good thing for you to do still. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you keep on going? It's like you just said, you know, with giving your money, saving your money to do all you can at, you know, with the studios or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I just wonder, where do you think you are in all this? Where do you want to be? Um, Obviously, you want to be recognized. But I mean, yeah. really, what is what is your true sense of being a musician about I mean honestly it feels pretty simple uh you know I don't I don't gravitate towards huge fame I I, I gravitate towards like being a songwriter songwriter um I I gravitate towards uh still being able to work as a musician outside of my own box because I think that that inspires me and pushes me towards a new route, whether it be with my business or with myself musically whenever I return to it. It keeps me from getting bored with myself. Um, I, I want I like to produce people. Uh, I've, I've gotten to help produce a couple records, and I love that. So, yes, I want to be a songwriter I want I love the spotlight when I have a guitar or a piano and I can share my music but I want the versatility I don't I don't want that to be the only version of me that is out there musically because I also know that if you diversify your incomes in in music and you diversify what you can do and what you do you can stay moving through it. You can stay successful at it. You can stay excited with it, which I think is the hardest part. I think that's kind of like what actors are doing these days. Mm-hmm. That exact sure. thing. They're diversifying into production or bringing other actors into the world mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things too. Um, let's talk about your gig with Future Birds a little mm-hmm. bit because I got to tell you, that thing on... Um, the front porch sessions of Garden and Gun magazine. Yeah. I'm just going to say that was fantastic. Yeah. I had to listen to it twice. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I love uh, that magazine. Yeah. I, I love mean, that magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Garden and Gun, uh, we we have a friend who uh, does a lot of the media stuff for them. Uh, her name is Allie, and she lives in Charleston, and... Um, are you talking about the one that we did with Carl? This was like last year. Last year, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was beautifully shot. It was such a fun experience. It was like 
their own version of an NPR tiny desk. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I, you know, when I first moved to Athens, I just kind of got rolled into the Future Birds thing because I'd known the guys from my, my last band used to open for them when they would come through Mississippi. And, uh, ah, I see. Yeah, they were in a pinch. They needed a drummer for just this one thing. I went and I, I played for this one little run of shows. They were really smart at, they were doing like a TGI Future Birds, like streaming uh, thing, like Instagram Live during the pandemic. And then they opened up to when people kind of understood their way around COVID, they started doing these private backyard shows or like outdoor shows. We, we played in, when, when I first uh, toured on drums with them, we, we played in like a parking lot outside of Larimer Lounge. Where, yeah, it, I you mean, you know what I speak then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know so, what of what I speak. So we we they found a way to diversify and push through, and you know they kind of chuckled after after 2020 and said like you know 2020 put a lot of bands under, put a lot of people down, uh, in in their in their music career, or maybe made them pivot, and that's totally fine, um, but. Future Birds actually went up during the pandemic time. And it is incredible to me. That's something that I've been able to learn from them. They know how to pivot. They've been a band for 15 years. They know how to pivot. They know how to work with each other's weaknesses, you know. I like that word better than mine, you know, outside of the box. So mm -hmm. I'm going to steal that from you because I like that word anyway. But Mm -hmm. And it, maybe it's a little used these days, but mm-hmm. still, you're saying exactly what it means. Yeah, and and that that's what's so good because you know my my twin she did house concerts in Dallas at mm-hmm. her house all the time, and they were so much fun. Do you know Griffin House? Griffin House out of Nashville. He was out of Nashville, but now he's in some big farm or anything. Oh, I thought everything. you were talking about a house, <laughs> Griffin House. No, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, he did one, and I'm a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. You should listen to him sometime. Yeah. Very good. Very good. He start, really started, um, well, we, we put out his CDs on Koch, mm-hmm. and that's how I learned about him. His first CD is so good. And yeah, most of his albums are pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I might be able to turn you into a few artists myself. Yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> you know, after distributing all that music and, and those type of things, I still didn't know a lot of independent artists because I was in television when the independent thing just exploded. Mm-hmm. And and people st- still to this day, they'll talk about bands I have no clue. And even today, of course, you know, somebody will say, I'll see something sold out at the Georgia Theater, and I have to read it, read why. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm with you. It uh, is so I, much. <laughs> I, I think there is so much. And, and also, Marlene, I'll tell you that I think that there is a lot of people who have huge spikes um, in, in fame because because of social media. People can be more famous than they know what to do with, sell out theaters like that. And and God, I hope, you know, a lot of people that are, are younger and become famous in that way, I hope that they, they can figure out how to adjust to it and ride it from there. Because I couldn't imagine what that would be like. Um, but there are a lot of people who, you know, 
played a couple songs on TikTok, and it just... It, or it did just, something it, else on TikTok, just, quite frankly. But, um. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... But but you know I do but, do, I do go down know, a rabbit hole with TikTok. I mean, sometimes. like, but you know what I mean. It, it just it, it it explodes in a way that that a lot of people don't know how to handle. And Mm-mm. and I guess when you talk about what I want, like I want I want good steady climb. I want I want my trajectory for the people who can't actually see this. It is just a steady incline, steady incline, steady incline up. I don't I don't want a spike. You know, it's funny because I never really did my my day job, which was is insurance for money, because that would take defeat the purpose of helping somebody if I was just doing it for money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do do it for money, and they still help people. But mine was a little different because I was trying to give back. Thanks mm-hmm. for someone giving me a kidney. Yeah, one of my you know somebody on my one of my music labels that we distributed gave me a kidney. Wow. And that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. So, and I mentioned that a lot because I like people to understand how important trans uh, organ donation is sometimes. So I kind of get that in every now and then. But mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was a game changer. And I just wanted to give thanks. But what happened was this. I made money because I helped people. Yeah. I didn't make a lot of money. I mean, there's people that can make buku bucks in that business. But that was never me. Just like you, it's really the same thing. Mm-hmm. Is I could have kicked butt, but I wasn't worth. I wasn't. My my life was worth more at that time. Had mm-hmm. I been younger, I might have looked at it differently. Yeah, but I came in at a later age, so I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I still did okay, but you want to make a living. Yeah, you want to be able to go on a trip with worrying about is this going to mean that I can't book a studio for a half hour. Right, right. Exactly. So I think that's why that's good enough for you. Yeah. For the same reason. Mm-hmm. You want to diversify. You don't necessarily want to be dragged down by fame mm-hmm. because it can drag you down. Yeah. I mean it can change a person. I mean, look at Taylor Swift. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give her as an example. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I know she was looking for success mm-hmm. and got it. Yeah. But do you really think that she asked for all this? I'm not sure. I, you know, I, because I, I, all I her songs that. say, "Leave me alone." <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, I, I wonder a lot about that. I do um, too. And I, and like pop stardom is just no way. That sounds terrifying. It sounds terrifying. And, yes. And you don't, you don't catch a break. You can't. Can't just walk out on the on the streets, you know. You you, you, know, you can't I, just you can't just be in a place and like maybe just be recognized by a couple folks. Everybody's going to recognize that woman when she walks into the door. Yes, you know she and, has no and escape. I, I distributed, uh, you know, Ani DeFranco and some of these other mm-hmm. Jerry Douglas, some of these other people, and they all made good livings. Mm-hmm. But you can't ask someone at a soccer game necessarily if they know who Ani DeFranco is mm-hmm. and then say yes. Yeah. So everybody has their height of notoriety or, you know, fame, yeah. I would say, without having to sacrifice Yeah. that kind of life. Yeah. 
because I would never be able to handle that life. Never. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm so. with you. I, I, I mean, I, I very much will, will extrovert myself after a show because I'm, I'm just riding off the high. I feel, I feel joyful. I feel ready to talk to people because I was just on a stage. But when I get off the stage, I kind of like to go into my own, own little space I like to be quiet and read a book and just kind of get into my own zone. I mean, that's just the kind of person that I am. Well, let's face it. You didn't do this not to enjoy yourself or feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Just like this. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many nights I woke up saying, who the hell do I think I am? Yeah. And that I would be able to do this. I don't know half the musicians, but that's what this is about, bringing these musicians because they're a lot of people are just like me. Mm-hmm. And Athens has so much good music, they should know about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people like Jim White, the singer-songwriter here, mm-hmm. he he is so popular in Europe. Yeah. He's popular here, too. Mm-hmm. But w- within the community, again, I met him when he came to a garage sale of mine and bought my posters. Wow. I'm like, oh, okay. My husband knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> so I'm hoping that through these podcasts, you know, that we can be funny, we can have fun and mm-hmm. laugh about some of the silly things about Athens. The stores change all the time. Your favorite burger place closed. And that's the nature of Athens as well. Yeah. But we have to support local. For Athens to say, I do not mind progress. I mind it when it's done at the expense of the community. Yeah. I agree with you. I grew up in a town called Willingboro, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And it was a community. It was a blue collar. It was right up the road from Freehold, Springsteen country. Yeah. In fact, we um, built a house in Freehold. Really? But unfortunately, we never got to move in it. It was a community, though. And- there were local. It, almost everything was local. You know, mm-hmm. of course, you had the Macy's and, you know, things like that come in. But Athens' claim to fame is when you walk downtown, how much fun it is. Yeah. And if you live here, you walk in downtown and you are catching music arbitrarily, or you have to, if you know you're going downtown and want to listen to music, you have to pick it. Mm-hmm. because there's so much to listen to on a Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. And But it's still community, and no matter where you go, you're probably going to see somebody. And, and that's the beauty of I can walk downtown by myself, go into Flickr Bar mm-hmm. or the 40 Watt or some other bar, Manhattan, whatever. Yeah. You never feel like you're awkward. Yeah. You feel yeah. like that this is your local bar no matter whether you've been in it or not. Mm-hmm. Now, I will mention that I don't go necessarily down the fraternity row bars, but sure, I have a couple times, <laughs> and I was like, nah. <laughs> Sorry, no, you don't not, want a Long Island not, iced I mean, tea? Or? I love talking to kids. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, college kids, high school kids, I love talking to them because I do – it's like Fast Company magazine. Mm-hmm. You, you're seeing all this innovation, mm-hmm. and when you talk to people who really can articulate – and are really trying to do something, it's kind of interesting to hear yeah. what they're doing. So I think people are missing out by not 
going to a bar where the younger people are. Yeah. And look, not to mention something that I've learned with, with the Future Birds crowd, the younger people, people who are in, in college or close to that age, they spread what they love like wildfire. And so if you if your music is a part of that, they're gonna they're gonna love you. They're gonna bring a f- group of friends that'll love you. It just it it just grows massively. And if they fell in love with you in college, they're gonna love you ten years from now when they have a when they have a baby at home, you know, and they got a sitter to come watch you play. I mean, it's true. It's funny because I was saying Griffin House, and you didn't know who Griffin House was. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, cool! I told him something, you know. Yeah. And that's what—that's where that comes from, mm-hmm. is they want to be cool mm-hmm. and be able to say, "Oh, you got to listen to this band I just saw," you know. Yeah. And and they go and listen. I told you, I told you. And it's same thing as I mean, word of mouth. I still think is more valuable than any social media, but that Agreed. is what social media is. It's word of mouth in a much bigger, complicated formulaic manner. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I have come to understand. Um, The followers, the amount of followers, the amount of Spotify plays, all of that looks nice. But are those followers and are those people listening, are they going to go to a show? Are they going to buy merchandise? And I have seen big gaps of people who have a huge internet presence and following, but they still have trouble selling tickets. And so the word of mouth is what actually brings people, gets butts in seats, so they say. That's what brings people to the show. That's what, and you have to, you have to engage with them. And social media is one thing, but it's a very distant engagement. No, I'm if it's shaking you. hands, yeah. if you're looking them that, in the eye, you, you if you that, say, yeah. hey, Jill, thanks for coming back. It's good to see you again. Oh, I hate your daughter couldn't make it this time. Yeah, how's she doing in school? If you can remember any little thing like that, they're like, I will buy every record that you ever make. I will buy every T-shirt that you ever manufacture. They will, they will stay with you. Because you created a relationship. Exactly. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. In my business, my... My clients say I can't quit mm-hmm. until they're dead. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know that I can do that, but yeah. um, I'll stay with you as long as I can. And if I can't, I promise I'll give you someone at least as good as me. Mm. And they go, okay. It, it's really funny that you mentioned that because my dad, I think, is in a very similar situation. We're just celebrating his 70th birthday. He's a financial advisor, and a lot of his clients have told him the same thing: they're like, I can't quit until I'm dead. Which I'm kind of like, that's a little selfish on your part. I mean, like, I understand the sentiment, and that's probably really sweet, but I'm like, I want my dad to retire. <laughs> well, I want to retire, too. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. want to retire, yeah. too. I, I quit doing part of my business already mm-hmm. um, to ease in. And that's why I, made, that's why I said, well, now's the time mm-hmm. to do this podcast. And pretty soon we will, um, I think, have something really fun going on. Yeah, And eventually I will have guest host. I, I just, yeah. you know, someone canceled. So I, I didn't really want to look for somebody. Um, because I, I know when you banter between two people and mm-hmm. start laughing, you know, drinking beer, whatever you're going to do during the podcast, because I don't care. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but um, that is, it's, 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 it can be a lot more fun and a lot uh, more living room kind of situation, yeah. which I think this is a great setting that we're sitting in right now. And I, I'm telling you, Tweed recording came to me mm-hmm. somehow, yeah, some way. And this man's a genius. Yeah. He's uh, a genius. Yeah. Uh, and uh, shout out to Kayla for creating the vibe. Oh, no, vibe Kayla's my girl. Yeah. and uh, She's my girl. I told her she's going to start having to come to uh, dinner. And I'll tell you, you know, she doesn't know she does it. The super Tom Petty vibe single that I released last year was recorded right here, right in this very room. So. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we recorded here at Tweed. So now I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. If we want to insert some music here, mm-hmm. if you what what song or maybe two mm-hmm. would you want? And I'm going to say it. Everybody laughs at me, mm-hmm. but the world because I have high hopes. Yeah, now the world. Let's let's, let's go for the world. <laughs> let's, let's go let's for it. Go for it. Yeah, let's fucking go for it, man. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, what would you want them to hear? Obviously, I feel like most people want to push the things that are newer because those are the things that they're more recently proud of. I would definitely say she doesn't know she does it because it was recorded right here at Tweed, and it's also one of the most recent singles, as well as uh, Misty Eyes, which I recorded down the road at Chase Park, Transduction, uh, mixed by Nate Nelson, who is an instructor here. I know. Charlie Chastain, yep. who is an instructor here, mastered it. So there's a lot of Tweed Both connection. Both incredible people. Both incredible people and incredible oh, at what Lord. they do. Yeah. I just, when I talked to Andrew, he was my first podcast Andrew was? Yes. Yeah. How can you launch a podcast at Tweed Recording and not talk to the person who owns it? I think that's a really smart move. That opportunity. Yeah. And realize that there was some kind of kismet going on here. Mm -hmm. That this was the place to do it. From me waking up that night to talking to Melissa, who was amazing. And then Kayla and I getting together and like so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to tell people again how they can watch your stuff, how they can get mm-hmm. your stuff. Wait, it, it looks like some some pretty cool things are on the horizon for me and for Future Birds. Um, we just Future Birds just went out to outside of El Paso in Tornillo, Texas. We were in uh, at the Sonic Ranch, where uh, a lot of music has been made. Um, Where's that? The, it's Tornillo, Texas. It's like like. The studio we were in was about two miles from the border wall. Oh. Yeah. Very, very close out there. Yeah. In a huge pecan farm. And uh, we just recorded about 20 songs. And I think it's going to be some of everybody's personal best work, you know? I can't wait because I forwarded the music to my husband, too, that I heard on the front porch thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, you got to listen to this. This is really good stuff. Yeah. This is really good stuff. Yeah. So... Thank you so much yeah. for letting me knock knock you down and say, hey. No trouble at all. No trouble at all. Talk to me. Yeah. Might be an egotistical thing, but I I love podcasts. I love being interviewed. <laughs> but you know, so, it's so good, too, because it's just another way to get out there. Yeah. To have people hear about you. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, thank you so much. Misty eyes